Hello, and welcome to Cross the Line, a Christian perspective on politics. If you enjoy this episode, find us online at thecitizensbrief.com. Give us a follow on Instagram and a like on Facebook at The Citizens Brief to see more insightful Christian political content in your feed. Thanks for tuning in, and enjoy this episode of Cross the Line. Now to your host, Daniel Hoster. Welcome to the Citizens Brief Podcast. My name is Daniel Hostetter. I'm your editor-in-chief and founder of the Citizens Brief. Again, we are a nonpartisan political uh, newsletter that uh, produces every day if we can, and uh, we write about the top political news stories with analysis of the White House and Congress and the courts and foreign policy. And today, uh, we're having a very special episode on this podcast. We're going to talk about the March for Life. So last week and Friday, uh, the team of CCB contributors went down to Washington, D.C., uh, with a group from our school, and we got to experience the March for Life, which is an incredible uh, pro-life and anti-abortion protest uh, with thousands to hundreds of thousands of people there marching on the mall. This year, President Trump spoke, which was pretty cool. Uh, so I have here with me a couple of the contributors to have a little roundtable chat about the um, our time there. So I got David Struble. Hey. And Tyler Williams, who does the Bluebird Report, and soon will be science. Greetings. Yes. And we have Owen Miller, hey. who works on sports. And Moose Taylor, Jacob Taylor, who does Moose Thoughts. More to come out on that soon. So I just want to ask you guys kind of a a couple questions about uh, your thoughts on the March for Life. So, Owen, what was your first impression on the March for Life when you got there? Oh, there's a lot of people. Lots (laughs) of people. That's one of the first things I noticed. Uh, There was, I'm not sure if that's a normal thing for there to be that many people there, or it was just the president being there that was such a big deal, and it was also really great to hear the president speak at such, I wouldn't call it a non-political event, but, like, not necessarily a campaign rally. It was pretty cool. Did you feel like there was kind of a blurred line between a campaign rally and the March for Life? Like, was there a lot of overlap? Did you see that? Well, as a president who wants to get a second term, no matter what, you're going to bring up voting for yourself because you're human. Right. Yes. Yeah, and Moose, what was your kind of first thought of the rally when you got there? I I was very surprised about how many people were there. I the pictures did not do it justice at all. It there's so many people there, and it's crazy. And it's amazing to see how many supporters uh, for, for pro life that we have there. That's not even just like all in the country. That's just like the ones that were willing to come over to D.C and march around for two hours. So. Absolutely. Yeah. It's just really That's, a powerful movement. There's yeah. a lot of people that are committed to activism and committed to uh, fighting for their cause. Now, Tyler, what was your first impression of the march? Um, that was the first march I've ever attended, and uh, I must say that was quite a lot of people. As, I mean, I'm, I'm not the first person going to say that, but there was a lot of people, and they all seemed to be on board with this idea. They all seemed very serious about this event. And, like, it wasn't even just, like, uh, a mixed group of... I mean, it was mixed, but it wasn't, like, just, like, random people showing up. There was organized groups. Uh, Knights of Columbus. Mm-hmm. There was even a, a family group. I forget which one they were, but they had their whole family emblem there and everything. It, it was tons and tons of different groups with each somewhat different backgrounds. Like, my, many of them were Catholic schools and whatnot, which is okay. But, I mean... 
it was there was no shortage of diversity in the groups there. Absolutely. And David, what was your first impression of the march? What All right, so <clears throat> although there's a lot to touch on, the first thing that I noticed is, you know, there actually like wasn't that much counter protesting. Now I'm sure yeah. there was some counter protesters there and, and all that stuff. But from what I've seen, there there wasn't that much. So it, for the few counter protesters that might possibly have been there, they were definitely overshadowed by the the pro life people. For sure. And uh, although I can't speak for all pro lifers down the march, as Dad said, Tyler, uh, <laughs> that uh. It's a nickname. Yeah, nickname. <laughs> yes. It's a... Uh, there's, there's a lot of Catholics overall, you know, religious people down there. So, yeah. It's a... Uh, I guess it's just one of those moments to see where, you know, the re- religious populace really come out and show, right. show their faith and opinion. For sure. Yeah. Uh, to your point on um, there not being many, pro- can- many counter-protesters, I was watching because I noticed this a little bit last year. But this year I noticed that the only media outlets that were among the march, really, like among the people, were small-time conservative outlets. The only mainstream media that I really saw was either one camera focused on, like, the president, because obviously that was a huge draw, or there was, I know there was a couple over by the Supreme Court where all the counter-protesters are. So I think the media does kind of show a little bit of a warped view of that, and it was interesting to see that firsthand. Yeah, although I can tell you that, you know, giving a different perspective is the fault of both sides. Right. I will say that, you know, what we call, like, leftist-aligned medias that usually go down there. Sometimes they don't even go down there at all. Mm -hmm. They usually just show the counter-protesters. And like Moose said before, like, the pictures not give it justice. Like, we were there on the ground. We weren't even in the main march. We didn't even make it through the security. Like, a large, large amount of people in D.C. Definitely. Like, that's a big amount of people. Mm-hmm. Even for the capital of the United States. Right. There's enough people there to block the subway trains. So yes. It had, to, it had to have been enough. I mean, DC, right. everything is efficient. So if you can break that, then obviously mm-hmm. there has to be some insane level of people there supporting a cause. Absolutely. Uh, this is open to anyone, but who is your favorite speaker and why? That's a tough one. Like... Being able to hear the president in person for the first time was very great. It was just, you could tell by what he said that you, the way that he said it, you could tell that he cared, (laughs) which is good because most people, whenever they come out to certain events, you just say things like, hey, vote for me. But there was more than just a vote for me in that. But there's other people there who had survived failed abortions or that, like, their twin sibling was aborted, and they're just, their stories are so powerful and such a difference maker in this large community of pro-lifers. Absolutely. I know the two of the speakers that spoke to me, I mean, the abortion survivors weren't just incredible, and that was moving to all of us. Uh, but the two that spoke to me the most were State Senator Katrina Jackson. She's a Democrat from Louisiana. She helped author some of the Heartbeat Bill stuff down there. Uh, and also the wife of the governor, John Bell Edwards of Louisiana, who's also a Democrat. And they were just so passionate about the pro-life cause, and they were so passionate about saying that being pro-life is not a partisan issue. It's more of a humanity issue. It's not, it doesn't have to be political. So I think that was an interesting perspective to see. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Now, <clears throat> I did like the speech on Louisiana. Yes. Yeah. That, was that was a really good speech. I forget who the 
what the person's name was, but this one really stuck with me. I think it was the woman that said something about, like, how can you look at me and say that I should not exist, mm-hmm. something like that. Yeah, one of the That, that really stuck with me. Yes. Because, it's just like... the humanity of those children that are Yeah, because, like, yeah. yes, I do, I do acknowledge that a citizen's brief is completely non-political. I, 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 I keep my own politics out of my columns and stuff. Yeah. But I will say this. If, like, there's a chance... For uh, for life to come into the world, especially human life, I, I just don't understand what kind of justification you can have at stripping away that that thing's chance at life. Thank you, David. Appreciate your perspective, and I know there's a lot of people that would agree and a lot of people that would disagree. Hey, it happens. It does. I'm glad it's a topic that's up for conversation. Um, so, in addition to the march, we actually got to go and meet with our congressman, uh, Congressman John Joyce. We've interviewed him on this podcast before. He's just an incredible guy. He's so willing to meet with his constituents. And so we got to go in and talk to him personally in his office and sit down with him and talk about the issues that are facing our district, uh, such as the highway that they're trying to build and dairy farming and different things like that, uh, issues that are really specific to our district. Uh, we also got to sit in his chair in his office, which was really cool, and take pictures with him. So I just wanted to ask you guys what... Um, what was the most striking to you about the visit with Congress- Congressman Joyce? I would say he was very down to earth, and he and he like knew what he was talking about because he's from this area too, mm-hmm. and so he just knows about the industries there, and he's not separated from it at all. He's very close and personal, and so that it's nice to know and have that comfort that you're being taken care taken care of. Yeah. In DC, Absolutely. so that's yeah. It's important to be well represented and know that uh, well represented and know that our representatives in Congress really care about us personally. I think I think he was he seemed to be a good dude. Um, he's working on the highway project, which is something that I think everyone in Western PA can get behind because um, as a guy who goes down those highways, yeah, no, I that it's it's a pain in my side to be like, <laughs> okay, we have to go this big long detour around now. Because it, and that would help us so much, too. It would help the business. Now, I mean, I don't live in Mr. Joyce's district. I live in the district right above him. Mm-hmm. But I uh, would totally vote for him if I did live in District 13. District right? 13, yeah. Yes. And so after that, um, if you, you guys have anything if else I, to add? Also, uh, if, also if I was of age to vote, which I am sadly not. Yes. <laughs> I guess yeah. oh, you go first. Okay. Uh, one of the things that stuck out with Congressman Joyce was the fact that he... The way that he talked about President Trump was that he was just like an old friend and a close friend. And that's yes. kind of hard to understand as someone who doesn't live in the Capitol and doesn't work as politics. But it was really cool to see like that someone could just talk about the president of your country as if they're a friend. And you're like, yes. oh, he was throwing lines at us from his speech earlier saying, like, how would this right. sound if I said it during it? And that was really cool. It almost In a reference to the uh, Disney ride, it's a small world after all. Like, I think... Once we see that connection, like, our, our representative that we're kind of friends with is directly connected to the president like that. Like, it just makes our whole world seem so much more human and so much smaller. So makes it seem like they're actually people, which was really cool for us to see. Yeah, going off of what Ona's saying, <clears throat> I know President Trump is a man that, you know, sometimes will go off script. Sometimes will say some that some people take a bit too close to heart. But, you know, from the speeches that I've seen him compared to this one... It was much dif- different. He was staying on script uh, as well as, as I could tell. He was being very solemn and serious about it. Yes. And he 
he was really up there, like, working for his convictions. Now, whether or not you agree with Trump or not, it is something that he's definitely passionate about. Yes. Well, we've run out of time for today, but uh, thank you for tuning in to the Citizens Brief Podcast. Again, we had David Struble, Tyler Williams, Owen Miller, and Moose, or Jacob Taylor. Keep an eye out for their columns soon. They're going to be publishing more. Uh, watch out for some exciting changes to the Citizens Brief. Uh, we're going to keep producing some more podcasts. So, over and out. <laughs>